Welcome to Love and Live Abundantly. I'm Alana. I'm Bill. Do you want to love more effectively? Do you want to live fully and love more courageously? We talk about what all that means. And how you can achieve it. Join Join us. us. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, It's good to see you all again. Uh, For those of you who were with us last week, you'll recall, I I hope, that Alana told us a lot about what was going on in her life and uh, a recent trauma she had experienced and some things that evolved out of that. Um, And that triggered all kinds of thoughts and stuff in my head that we just didn't have time for then. But Alana and I were chatting a couple minutes ago and we thought that that's we might revisit a couple of the concepts that got brought up then. What do you think? Absolutely. I mean, I feel like there's there's so many places that we can go with this that, um, you know, so many of us have experienced trauma. And, you know, mm-hmm. what was it that that each person needs to to get through that? You know, I feel like I have a little bit you like to say insight on it, right? Like I am very aware of when I'm going through it, you know, what I'm going through. However, not everybody has that and what tools and or people or things can they do to really help them get through it. Right. Well, if it's okay with you, I'd, I'd, I'd like to I'd like to talk about a concept of my that my daughter reminded me of not too long ago that I used a great deal with many of the people that I worked with over the years uh, and that I'd like to take 100% credit for but really it's a it's a very old concept a very old idea a very it's a and it's, I call it healthy selfish that there may be, for all of my life, especially being a good Catholic boy, I got told a lot of the times that, well, that, now that's selfish and that's a bad thing. You shouldn't be selfish. You should take care of other people. You should share first, blah, blah, blah. No, uh, actually, uh, it turns out that that can lead, especially in somebody like me, that can lead to me giving away too much of myself. So that in the end, when I and other people need me, there's nothing left. Yep. So, I'm sorry. I said, oh, no, I was just agreeing. I could understand that. How that could be from a problem. Yeah. You can wear out, wear yourself out, mm-hmm. trying to be all things for other people, you know, letting perfection be, uh, get in the way of your progress at growing as a human being. And that, to give you your props, one of the things that one of the things that happened as I was listening to you last week was how you really did turn back to yourself and become self-aware and say, "All right, I got to take care of this. I got to do something about this. I got to take care of me." And one of the ways that you did that, I mean, you, there were a number of ways you did that. You alluded to them, but maybe it would be worth our while to talk about them. But the, the big first one was allowing yourself to feel the pain, to know what it was going on, and that something needed to happen. 
and it wasn't, and that whatever was hurting you might be somebody else's fault. Who knows? But healing didn't start there with that other person. It always starts here. And you were you are so mindful of that and so self-aware. And in the absence of that, it wouldn't have occurred to you to do all those other things you did. Yeah, um, you know, I I guess I've just really been open and and looking for for different ways. You know that the way that I was brought up or raised wasn't necessarily the only way to live life, <laughs> handle problems, and perceive things. Right? There's a whole other world out there, and I just really have embrace myself in it mm. yeah yeah, yeah so I, I, I love the healthy selfish that concept yes that, it, would you be okay if i used a concrete example that you gave us sure of being healthy selfish uh, I, re I remember you were telling us that there he was in the hospital there you were alone nobody around strange country of reasonable approximation of your language but strange country no family not real well connected to resources kind of a scary place to be absolutely and it's conceivable i mean i can imagine people that i know in my life who would say well the right thing to do would be to stay there by god and live on a hard bench somewhere in the hospital and not leave there and which would have got you what i'm not sure but healthy selfishly what you told us you did was you decided you that there were there was a place you could go with people who who you could connect with and a place where you you could feel safe and where you could continue the trip and how being willing to do that, being willing to say, all right, I've taken care of business here as much as I can now, not before you were worn out, but now I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to get me safe. Yep. And that's okay. And being okay with that's harder than it sounds, but off you went. And what happens? You have this moment where, you see somebody you know, my God, it, it's like a reprieve and you go running across. It's, it's like an MGM movie. I know. I know. How energizing is that? <laughs> yes. Yes. And just the medication of a simple human hug. Yeah. Saying, saying I, it's it's what in my family we, we call the eye eyes. The yai eyes? Eye eye. I, 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 when, I, from the time I was this big, you can't see my hand, but I was really little. My grandmother and my grandfather, all of us kids, we learned from my grandparents, from my aunts, from my uncles, um, older siblings and so forth, that if you were feeling pain or feeling insecure or stupid or abused, that you could go to somebody in our in your family and just grab a hold of the pants leg. And if you were still sucking your thumb, that was fine. 
but hold, grab a hold of a pants leg or a hand. And then somebody in the family would say, aye, 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 aye. Okay. Yeah. And we all need the aye, aye's, don't we? We do. We do. And if we deny ourselves the aye, aye's, because we feel some sense of protectiveness or duty to somebody else, but so much so that we don't get our own aye, aye's, pretty easy to burn out. But I, I went to a, in line with that, I went to a family reunion four years ago. And now there are great, great grandchildren mm-hmm. at the family reunion. A couple of 250 or so of us. Big family. Yeah. And I realized something. I'd always thought that it was just the kids who ran up and got eye eyes. But it's a lesson that the adults learn too. And that folks who were feeling out of sorts or who had been having troubles or whatever, there was no barriers around finding somebody who would be willing to give you eye eyes. And it wasn't anything specific about it. It was just eye eye. But just, I need some support. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I saw... um, well, I can't, I can't, I can't even figure out the generations anymore. But one of the younger persons with a baby in her hand, and she was, and the baby was a little colicky and crying, and and she was rubbing its back, saying, "I, I, I." So in my family, we learned that thing early. Okay, okay. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure we learned to do it with folks outside the family as well as we should. But with a family as large as ours, you didn't have to look very far to find somebody who could give you some strokes. Problem is, you know, many of us moved away. I hope that we all took some of the lesson of being healthy, selfish, and going and getting what you need and asking for what you need. I, I wish I were better at that. Yeah. And I've got to give you your props. I wish I were a self as self-aware as you are? Um, yeah. I got some of that butch stuff going on. Some of the, the what? The butch stuff. Butch? Yeah, butch. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a butch kind of guy. <laughs> There's some of that going on. And, oh. and if I feel like I've been abused or I'm in pain or something... It, it takes me a while to say, oh, stop it already. You're not that tough and you don't need to be. That didn't come overnight either. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it took me some time, you know, however, I, well, and I feel like once I really started to become aware, then I just become more aware. So it's, you know, like I, 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 I don't feel, and not that I want to, but I don't feel like I can turn back from where I am. There are people that have learned and done the same array of different things that I've done and learned, you know, over the last 20, 30 years. And, um, and I'm clear, you know, it's always been something inside of me where I 
knew I was feeling a certain way. I was not able to express it. And, you know, here I am. <laughs> and um, wanting to just express all of it and talk about all of it because it's, there are things that we've all been through, you know, mm -hmm. life, stress, overwhelm, trauma, COVID. I mean, COVID, it was trauma for all of us, the whole world. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and how we handled that. So yes, being able to look at myself and really just kind of dig deep, you know, or, or, and sometimes it's not, I don't even have to go that deep. It's just like, here I am. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Yeah. Huh? What was Take that? it or leave it. Take it or leave it. So, yeah, and I'm just, I've seen too many people in life push their feelings under the rugs and not express themselves. And, you know, it comes up in different ways in, in their health. I see it more so in their physical health um, and even their emotional health, you know, and men more so you know women were allowed to talk a little bit more about how we feel um you know men you guys are supposed to tough it up you're not supposed to feel the feels and i don't agree with that you or know can, the other trick that both men and women do is is to have a feeling that personally feels unacceptable and so instead of letting yourself experience that feeling and have it be a, a tool for your growth. You'll exchange it for another feeling that's more suitable to somebody of your station or your gender or your age or whatever. I mean, with men, kind of common that we're not allowed to, you know, weep or, or to feel sad. So we do the John Wayne thing, you know, and hit somebody with a rifle butt. With women, though, it, it is often can happen that you're not allowed to do the anger thing. Yeah. So what do you do? You you take the anger and you turn it back on yourself and you you buy yourself a nice little depression. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. I have a name for that. You want to hear what it is? Absolutely, Bill. Yeah, okay. It's transmogrification. Transmodification? Magra. M-O-G-R-I-F-I-C-A-T-I-O-N. Transmogrification. Don't ask me to go in a spelling bee and spell that word. <laughs> I, I might have gotten it right. I don't know either. But did you ever see the, the, the newspaper cartoon Calvin and Hobbes? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hobbes was, Calvin was the little kid with the blonde hair, and Hobbes yeah. was the big cat, right? Yeah. And they would have adventures. But one day they found this cardboard box that they called, that they knew, was a transmogrifier. Mm. And what they would do is they would go in one end looking like themselves and come out the other end something else. So they wow. could go in this end uh, being... Calvin and Hobbes, and they come out this end being two Tyrannosaurus Rexes. Mm. 
Oh, okay. I see. Well, sometimes what we do in order to survive, not to thrive, is but we take some a feeling that other people would be able to do pretty well, but we're afraid of it or we avoid it or we're not allowed to do it, and we transmogrify it into another more acceptable one, which by definition then is not useful and turns around to bite us. The 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 definition of transmogrification mm-hmm. is to change something from one state to another, usually grotesquely. Okay. Okay. Right. And so we can go through our lives feeling depressed and anxious because we're not allowed to feel some of these other feelings or haven't been allowed to, or it's safer to do that than to do whatever the other appropriate feeling would have been and the actions that would have been for that. I like coming up with those little games with words like that as one of my ways of projecting myself into the world in a more proactive way. Do you have a favorite or two or three little tips? Yeah. Little, little, little ways of binding your anxiety or busting your depression or moving yourself forward or whatever. Do you have one that occurs to you? I mean, I, I will always go back to our breath. Um, you know, our body automatically breathes for us. We don't have to do anything really. Um, and however, when we are intentional with our breath and we take deeper breaths, we, you know, the, it's a, it's a natural, um, it's a natural mood enhancer breathing. Mm. And, you know, you take a deep breath in for four seconds, hold it for four and then let it out for four you and you do that five six times in in a row you'll start to feel your shoulders you know feel less stressful and you know your your body will feel less stressed and you'll start to feel better your mind will start to get clearer um and you know so yeah so i always go back i always go back to your breath that's always the first thing that um that i facilitate when i teach as well I um, feel it's huge. It's it's really, and I, it sounds so simple. I know, um, but it really is powerful. I mean, that's what I was doing. All those deep breaths when I was in Ireland, right? When I was <laughs> trying to get him help and in the hospital, and you know, doing everything. I I felt like um, so instead of holding your breath or panting, you were breathing therapeutically. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah. And maybe the exhale was a little long and exaggerated, um, but I still went back to my breath and it really just kept me calm and, um, and clear minded where I, I, I wasn't letting everything else that was kind of going on, you know, it, it, it helped me stay focused on what I needed to, to take care of. Yeah. As a, an addition to that, I, you may know, right now I've, I'm still suffering from some side effects of an operation that didn't work right. And I'm going to a physical therapist who's helping me with that. And guess what one of the first things was that she tried to teach me? Breathing. Four seconds, four seconds, four seconds, four seconds. 
Uh, so I'm not totally out of my mind. <laughs> well, that doesn't prove that. <laughs> Very true. Not, nuts because I'm right doesn't mean I'm not nuts. I, you know, <laughs> but but she she pointed out that um, this is systemic. That this one thing that I do affects this other thing that I do affects this other thing, and then back to the first. And that I can break the chain somewhere. And that my response to pain and my response to kind of inflammation and trauma I was feeling uh, was had many dimensions. And one of those was the way I was holding my breath. That I was either panting or I was holding my breath. And she said, we're going to start with that. Actually, there's a there's another drill with breathing that I it has different numbers. I like the four, four, and four because it's easier to remember. But can I can I I try to teach people in my classes, people that I teach about being good therapists, uh, of what depression is all about, and and try to remember folks, remind folks that there are none of us immune to it, and that most of us at some point in our life suffered from about a depression. Yeah. Or if you haven't, wait for it. It's coming. Right? Uh, and, and having said that, I realize whenever I'm teaching one of these classes that folks oftentimes will be sitting there and there is a blessed amnesia that occurs that they can sit there and say, oh, you know, I've never really been depressed. Not like any of my patients. And that comes from a strange kind of lack of self-awareness, or maybe it's charitable that they don't remember. But I help them to remember, and you know what helps them to remember the best? Yeah. Is a different kind of breathing exercise. Really? Yes. Yes. One of the, the observable signs, symptoms are what you experience, sign is what I see. One of the observable signs is the way you're breathing. Very depressed people sigh a lot. Very depressed people sigh a lot? They do. Okay. I didn't know that. You didn't know? Ah. Well, you know why they sigh a lot? They sigh because they're short on breath. Their oxygen levels are down. And a sigh fills your lungs. Yeah. How can that happen? Well, remember it was systemic. When you're really depressed, you kind of sit like this. You kind of bend over at the waist. You compress your diaphragm. You breathe in really slow, shallow breaths. Yeah. And then after a while, your body sends a signal, need more oxygen, bozo. <laughs> and so when people come in and they're slouched and they walk slap-footed and they breathe that way, I know pretty much they're depressed. So maybe next time you and I can talk about some ways that people can quell depression or quell anxiety, tricks that people have used over millennia that I sometimes prescribe to folks that I know you've used for yourself and I've used for myself that might work for them. It'd be good for them to experiment with. 
Yep, I think that'd be fabulous. Well, that, that that you know what feels comfortable about that is that every once in a while you and I'll sit down and we'll say, "Well, gee whiz, what will we talk about today?" Well, it's it's good that we've come up with something we're going to talk about next time. <laughs> but I need to write that down. Yes, yeah, me too. <laughs> you got it. Tools for depression and anxiety management. That'll How be about that. So, yeah. We're going to call it that? That's what that episode will be. Yeah. That's yeah. the next. And, and there's something I'd like to talk to you about the, on, on his podcast that, that we might talk about off air, but why not just do it here? What do we have to hide? Uh, is there a way that folks may want to talk to us may want to ask us a question or send us a notion or or tell us where we've done something stupid or wrong or questionable or whatever. But I, it seems to me that whenever I listen to a podcast, it wouldn't hurt my feelings to be able to every once in a while to know that I could say, hey, wait a minute, what about this? Can we do that? Well, I do believe that they can leave comments on the podcast itself, depending on the mm. Um, however, well, see, see that clearly you're more techie than I am. I did not know that. Yes, yes, because I actually set up a QA for last week. Last week, cool. yeah, yeah. So I, I wanted to see, um, if we would, so maybe it. one day we should read those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and answer them. <laughs> that would be good. I don't know that there's any there yet. I was going to say, see how I'm assuming that you know. We've got mobs of people writing us notes. <laughs> Not yet. We will, though. We will. Um, right. However, you know, I guess email would would be a way we could share our okay. email with everybody. Uh, my email is hello at truthbetold.world. Hello wow. truthbetold.world. And Bill, what's yours? Want to share D-R-M-O-C-K at ymail.com. Dr. Mock at ymail.com. I I decided not to get as fancy as Alana. <laughs> I know, but it sounds good, though, doesn't and it? My, well, my wife said it sounded better than good old Bill. <laughs> Is that what you wanted? Good old well, Bill? Well, that was one of the things I floated out there, yeah. Fine. I'd like to think I'm a good old Bill. Yeah. Yeah. You are. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking... Now we're just about done with this session. Yeah, yep. I do think uh, I do believe we are closing it out now. Well, given that both of us are having trouble completing whole sentences, it <laughs> might be a good time to stop. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us, and we will see you next Monday at six p.m. Super. Bye, Alana. Take care. Thanks for joining us. Join us on Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Enjoyed this podcast? Follow us on social media, Truth Be Told, One World.